Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now <laughs> anton tobias never had much on his mind don't you think you should have like a goal my dream life would be to lie around all day in bed and watch TV while somehow Brad delivers me food. And he always had time on his hands. Four bodies have been discovered and the killer is still at large. Until one of them <laughs> got a mind of its own. <laughs> I have no control over my hand. It makes me do things that I don't want it to do. Aren't you a little old for Ding Dong Ditch? <laughs> Sorry about your bush. And the only way to stop it... No! Idle hands of the devil's playpen, so keep my hands occupied, right? ...is to keep it busy. Freeze! Drop the knitting needles. That's probably not a good idea. Put them down! Cuff me! Put those needles down, young man! Down! Cuff me! Cuff me! Go! Columbia Pictures presents... The police have no leads, and the killer is still out there. You scream like a girl. The comedy... Careful, it's on kind of loose. That's where it's starting to get on my nerves. ...that dares to give scary movies... Hey, look at me! Don't me in the face! The backhand... What you doing, man? That's my dad, come on! CPR, man, I saw him Baywatch! Did you lose something there, bud? Idle Hands, the touching story of a boy and his hand. Kinky. Fly for a white guy. That's what happens when your dick explodes, apparently. <laughs> it blows up right in your face. Welcome to Recap and Gown, the podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co-host Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish, the class of 04's own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? Not much, man. Uh, it's a different kind of movie we're talking about today. Uh, it is different. I, I didn't find it scary. It was kind of gross, and there was slap. <laughs> there was some slapstick humor built in too. It was weird. Excited yeah. to talk about it. Yeah, this was a weird one. This was. Uh, I mean, it's it's Halloween adjacent. I think we can all yeah. agree on that. But it's I'll not a scary that. movie in the least bit. But uh, joining us in the class of '03, she is one half of our very own Texas Two Step, the one and only big sis Megan Mills. What up, Megan? Hey guys, still still a little frazzled, uh, trying to rustle into my costume right before the, the pod. Um, listeners, this week I am Sandra D from Greece. I have uh -huh. in the, in the final scene where she's in all black um, and has her leather jacket and her red shoes, which I'm also wearing. Despite you are pink ladies, Sandra D at this point. Exactly. 
it's a yeah. solid transformation. I gotta say, listeners, you're you're missing out on this one. This was the lobster was a good costume. This is a better costume, I think. I'm even wearing lipstick, which I don't think I've done since February. I mean, for what? For who? You know, like, if you don't want it for yourself, <laughs> fuck it at this point. Uh, <laughs> rounding out the two-step, this podcast chief paranormal activity and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Um, not much. Uh, I do take a little offense to this not being a Halloween movie. It liter there is literally a Halloween dance in this movie. So it's a Halloween movie. I it is not a scary it. movie. I yeah, this it this week. <laughs> listen, this is a very Halloween centric movie. It is not scary, but it is Halloween AF. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's not even a Halloween movie in the way that like you know, Die Hard as a Christmas movie. This is a legitimate Halloween movie. It's just not fucking scary. Right. Um, while we're on the topic, though, Dana, what are we talking about this week? We are talking about Idle Hands. I don't want to still mm-hmm. like talk too much about it because I have <laughs> lots of questions that we're going to get into later. Um, but it's from 1999. It actually came out three days after my 16th birthday. So that's wow. exciting. Real exciting stuff, guys. So I was not old enough to see this in the theaters, which, oops, spoiler alert, I guess for later in the pod, but uh, (laughs) you can rent it on all the usual places, Amazon, Apple, Google, wherever. I'm sure you can get it in HD for two bucks. I'm sure Megan did. Um, (laughs) 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 $2.99. Well, it's also streaming for free on Pluto TV. Uh, Mm. um, We used to to watch Pluto um, only for old episodes of MTV's Next. Was it really free? I, I paid yeah. for this. It's got ads. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's got God. commercials in it. The, I, the I HD, had... just, just see the extra splatters. It's a, <laughs> a waste of money. But that's it, okay. There was also another platform that it suggested that I could sign up for a free week to watch it for oh, free. Don't do It was that. something I hadn't recognized, so that's I paid the two ninety nine. Yeah. Can I steal all your <laughs> shit? Um... Do you want to give us the quick synopsis of this movie, Dana? Um, I went with the IMDb synopsis because I think it is gets right to the heart of it. And <laughs> it's just uh, teenage slacker's right hand becomes possessed with murderous intent. Uh, yeah. There it that's, is. That's about that's it. That's the film. That's good. <laughs> Real good. That's, that yep. is the film. Uh, I mean, yeah, I didn't. We were talking in the group message about the super long Rotten Tomatoes one. I didn't read that, but I assume it brings up every character in the movie at some point. Yeah, I have it, but we don't have to get it. No one needs to. No one needs no. to hear all that for this movie. No. Um, big sis, if you could give us a rundown of who is in this movie. Guys, some big names in this. Big um, ones. Big huge, ones. Huge. Huge. Um, we have Devin Sawa who was literally taped to my closet and from lots of different teen beats um, oh, no. articles. Oh yeah. Um, he was the heartthrob who is Anton Tobias. Also in the same time frame um, was in Casper, Little Giants, and Now and Then. So mm-hmm. very, very popular um, at this time. Then you have Seth Green, another one of my fave characters from back in the day who plays Mick. He plays himself. Um, this is yeah. Seth Green as Seth Green. He plays <laughs> himself in every every single movie. Yeah, the um, original Vince Vaughn. Yeah, and then we have our Mighty Ducks Fulton Reed character. Um, yeah. I didn't know he was. His name was Eldon Henson, but it is. Uh, 
<laughs> and he plays Noob? Nub? I don't know, how do you say that? Is it is it P-nub. P-nub? Is it Panoob? Yeah, it's P-nub. <laughs> it's P-nub. No, the uh, name apparently came from, uh, I think the writer of the film was watching Eddie Murphy on SNL uh, as oh, Buckwheat. Wook and Panub. Yeah, and he's like, oh, Panub. Wook and Panub at all the wrong places. Yeah, like, that, that's a stupid reason to use it, but apparently that's where the inspiration came from. Jesus. When I, when I saw his name in the IMDb, I'm like, the fuck is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not a real name. Penub, Penub, Penub. Well, I'm sorry to cut you off there, Megan. Go on, you were saying? <laughs> um, <laughs> then you have a baby Jessica Alba as Molly. We'll get into how baby exactly she is uh, later mm-hmm. on. Um, Vivica A. Fox, haven't heard of her in a while, plays Debbie LaCure. Le- Who um, fucking knows? <laughs> that's an interesting character right there. Yeah. Um, Jack Noseworthy as Randy. Uh, that sounds Chris- like a fake name. Interestingly enough, the hand is played by someone, um, Christopher Hart. Which did we really need to call out the hand actor's name? I mean, he was doing work. I guess he was hustling. But he was not the voice of the hand. The voice of the hand was played by Robert Englund. So. Well, that's that's pretty proof. Pretty uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. The, oh. When did the hand speak? <laughs> I don't recall. I think it like screamed. Yeah. Oh, just the like, noises. Ah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's Freddy Krueger there. Oh well, Jesus. There we go. <laughs> what the fuck? Um. Oh my god. Some other names here: Steve Van Wormer as Curtis, Fred Willard as Mr. Tobias. I love Connie, Fred Willard. Fred yeah, Willard. It's a good one. Connie Ray as Miss Tobias. Um, Katie Wright as Tanya. Mm. Kelly. Kelly Monaco is Tiffany. And then... Kelly Monaco. Thank you. Um, <laughs> damn, I was so close. You were, you were coasting into the, uh, into the home into stretch. End. Um, you got too comfortable. Too comfortable. I know. How's it Monaco and not Monaco? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then two more cameos to call out because I just think you have to. The Offspring play at the um, Halloween dance um, as themselves. Mm-hmm. And then Ricky Martin gets an uncredited role as the man in the car park, which I would love to hear who, yeah. I would love to hear if we can guess who he was in this. I have no fucking idea who that was. Was he the one one who was like getting it on at that girl at the end? No, that was Curtis. That was Curtis. Well, then I don't know. Curtis Curtis was Randy's friend who only existed so he could have that one scene where the girl shows her boobs. Yeah. The guy other... that was like Randy's friend all of a sudden from the bowling alley. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There were um, yeah. a couple other uh, uh, oh. cameos that kind of just snuck up. Uh, Ooh, go for it. Tom DeLong from Blink One Eighty Two is one of the burger shop employees, what? and also yeah, uh, from I guess it's called Burger Jungle is the name of the place. Burger Jungle. Them. And then they wear yeah. the safari hats. And uh, Kyle Gass, he's one of the two members of uh, Tenacious D with. Jack Black. They were both in it. Probably missed them. In the, it was real in the quick. burger jungle? Yeah. They were both, both wearing them? the hats and they were kind of a little lower below their face. You, you might not have noticed. Holy shit. Yeah, I didn't I didn't notice either one of those. They were just like extras. That were... Why were they in this? No, no never mind. Well... No, save these questions. These are, these <laughs> yeah, are part we, of my running list of questions. We will, we will let Dana take that away here in a sec. Um, before we get into 
some fun facts and then jump into the recap itself. Um, let's quick go around the horn here. Dana, did you have any memories of this movie from before the pod? Um, the answer should be yes, because I know I watched it in high school, but I did not remember <laughs> a lick of it. So do I have them? They're somewhere in my brain. I just can't remember mm-hmm. them. But yeah, I've seen Cannot this movie access before. Them. Yeah, I can't. I, I've seen it before, and I, for reasons we'll get into, I think I promptly forgot this movie. And nothing wrong with that. Dave, how about you? I remember watching it on uh, regular TV, where they took out all oh. the references to marijuana. It's really wow. weird toward, uh, t- towards the end there when, when they find that big bong. Uh, they yeah. take all those parts out, but, but you see just smoke coming out of their mouths at, at the end, and they don't really explain it. It doesn't make a lot of sense when you watch it on TV. Is it like in um, How I Met Your Mother, whenever they reference smoking weed in college, it's them eating big sandwiches? Yep, that's all. Okay. okay. Stuff like that. It's, yeah, and I, I never saw, this is the first time I saw the full, unedited, real version of it. That's an eye-opening, huh? Imagine yeah. your surprise. Oh, it was different. Definitely different. Yeah. yeah. That's like seeing uh, half-baked with no weed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like we talked about um, last week. It's, you know, a slasher movie with no blood. Like, what do we, but uh, you can't make this movie. The weed is the driving purpose of the whole fucking movie, it turns out. That's yep. a bold choice. Um, big Sis. Memories of this before the pod? None. None. Not a one. Nope. Didn't even know this was a movie. Wow. Okay. See, I'm in a similar boat. I never saw this before, but I remember the trailer super clearly. There were like moments in the movie. I'm like, yeah, that was in the trailer. Remember that from the trailer? Um, There's also a scene where Peanub, Panub, Panub eats a burrito and something super fucking gross happens. Ew, yeah. And yeah, I have 100% seen that scene before at some point. So I don't know if I saw this whole movie or just like, that part of it or what but i remember that and i i saw it when it was coming up like oh that's what's gonna happen here and uh yeah didn't need to see that um dana having re-seen this kind of for the first time as an adult did this make the grade or should they have held this back um i was really trying to like think through this today like what would i give this Um, And I feel like I can't get into too much of it without like ruining the things I want to talk about later. Um, But I'm going to give this movie, um, it's getting like a participation award. It showed up, (laughs) it was made, people acted in it. So this is a movie. I can't say any more than that, I feel like. This technically counts as a feature length film. It was in theaters. Yep, longer than 65 minutes. Released in more than 10 theaters domestically, so on yep. and so forth. It is a film. Uh, technically. It's a film. Yeah. Dave, what do you think? It was, it was, <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. Is it a I, film? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't laugh it's at any film, of the banter. I didn't laugh at any of the banter. Um, the violence, everyone just kind of exploded into blood. There was a lot of that. Um, there's a lot of stupid stuff where, where you just look at it. You're like that. I understand this is not supposed to make any sense, but you got to try it a little harder. So, uh, it's, I don't know. D plus it was, it, it was, it was a movie. Okay. And it makes, it makes a grade. It, yes. Say that. It gets a grade. Big sis. What is your verdict? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't actually even know if it's a movie. <laughs> 
it just seemed like, <laughs> like, I don't know, just a bunch of dudes saying like, you know, we should, we're just sitting around shooting the shit. Wouldn't it be interesting if we did this random thing and then it happened? Like, that's kind of how it seemed to me. Like, it just seemed like a bunch of random things stitched together somehow. You could be convinced this was an improv movie. <laughs> the whole thing was just... Yes, I would hope yes, that it would the be. the whole way through it. Yes. If okay. it was an improv movie, I would give it a passing grade. If it was actually scripted, I would say, sorry. <laughs> you guys, I have a controversial hot take. This made the grade for me. Yeah. No, I love now. Bring um, it on. Let me hear it. The movie is not good. You know, all of you, it's not good. Uh, it totally hand waved like a lot of the plot to make it kind of make sense. However, I think collectively we should put some respect on uh, Devin Sawa's physical comedy acting. He was acting his ass off in this movie with his hand. Um, you know, he there was a part where it like dragged him up uh, onto a porch and he had to do like a cartwheel to get on the porch and he was, his hand never stopped moving, which, you know, I think. A lot of that isn't him. That hand is played by someone else and you can. I think no, right. just, just the detached hand. No. I think that's I think, his hand when he's doing all the hand shit, right? I think like if you look at it, sometimes he has to like sit and slouch in a weird way. And his like sweatshirt's covering that one shoulder because he's not doing any of it. It's almost oh, as no. if like they were shooting a movie where like he lost an arm and they had to like awkwardly like cover that. A mm. lot of that oh. is Mr. Hands Man. Oh, I I've been had. I <laughs> yeah. thought I thought it was only the hand actor playing the hand after the hand was cut off. Mm -mm. Like, oh, this is Devin Sawa. You know what? Yeah. You know what? Even removing the hand part, he was still jerking himself around all crazy. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, he, he, his acting is bad, but his physical acting, pretty good. Uh, Seth Green as himself was at his most Seth Green in this movie. He didn't seem to be interested in doing much of anything acting wise, but I had a lot of fun watching him. And both I'm, of them. Both of them were nominated for an award. Was it uh, Razzie? Devin Sawa was nominated for a Saturn Award, and Seth yeah, Green and Oscars. Hmm, fantastic. Yeah. Seth hmm. Green was nominated for a Fangoria Chainsaw Award. Okay, those are both legitimate uh, horror movie award categories. Okay, good. Because you know, again, the movie's bad. It doesn't make any fucking sense. They didn't try to make it make any sense. Um, and I'm not going to be watching it again or anything like that. But I did laugh a few times, like genuine laugh. And uh, I think the movie was like fully aware of how dumb it was in a few instances here and there. And the, the not even like winking at the camera, like the pointing a big neon sign at like, this doesn't make any sense. We're not trying. Here's us letting you know that we know it doesn't make any sense. That helped me enjoy it a lot more than if they took it seriously and tried to act like they were making a good movie here. So yeah, made the grade, not a high grade, but like a solid C, which I feel like, you know, would be the grade these guys would have gotten in high school. So yeah, solid C. Um, before we get into the recap here, does anybody have any fun facts? Um, I feel like we've covered a lot of them already. Uh, Cause the hand, so the hand is played by the same guy who played thing in the Adams Family movie so that's also a scurrying about hand we talked about the Blink-182 guy 
Um, this will also probably get brought up again. Jessica Alba was 17 in this 17. movie. That oh, is no. important. Put that uh, in your head, listeners, because we're going to talk about some stuff later. And, and then uh, the one that I think is just really somewhat creepy, and I got this from IMDb, is the actors who played Randy and Tanya found out that they were half-siblings while filming this movie. What the fucking odds? <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah, and it's creepy because there's that one point where, like, again, this will come up in problematic stuff, but Randy, like, hits on Tanya because he's into high school girls. And I was like, that's your half-sister. Was that Tanya you hit on, too? I think so. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. I thought there was just some girl they had in that one scene outside of Burger Jungle. That's the same girl? I think so. Oh, I think no. So. so, like, a mom married a dad or a dad married a mom and they just didn't know? That's interesting. I, I, I don't know. They didn't. IMDb did not give me any more than they found. Out I need they the were deets. Come on, IMDb. I need it's, the deets. It's probably just like their dad was fucking around and had two kids Stop. in the same town. Like didn't realize that you know could be that too. Put a baby into people too. or whatever. Wait, yeah. what is um Tanya's name? Tanya is played by Katie Wright. I think was Tanya. Okay. She was I'm, like the devil. The devil. In yeah, that she day. was the devil, and she got uh, best killed. Who is that? All right, I'm doing some digging. Okay. So oh, yeah, let, me, uh... let me know when you want to hear back from me. <laughs> um, so those are all the facts I had. Anybody else have anything? I think we covered most of them. I got nothing. That was frankly more than this movie deserved, I think. Um, <laughs> now, I think it's time um, to kind of bite the bullet here and jump into this recap. Uh, Dana, where do you want us to get started? Okay, listeners, this is going to be for, the, for, for you guys, a little how the sausage is made. I have a ton of questions <laughs> that I did not reveal to the rest of the hosts because I wanted their like immediate reaction. So they'll be thrown out throughout the, 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 the podcast. My first one, and we kind of already touched about it, um, is this movie doing too much? And the reason why I ask is it doing too much because I think if I had to summarize what type of movie this is, it is a... And again, my Jersey accent's going to come out when I say this word. Uh, we'll do it. A horror slasher teen stoner flick <laughs> <laughs> buddy comedy. I don't know. Horror. I don't know how to say that word. I forgot. Horror. I don't know my, the Roger. The Roger. The Roger. Um, but it, it's like, as you said, it's like, it's not terribly, but like the pot element's a big part of it. They're teenagers in air quotes. Um there's like the scary slasher like what is this film like what it's it's a lot so thoughts what do we think of that yeah yeah it's doing a lot i think they i think the problem was they took it a little bit too seriously which even sounds stupid but like trying to explain how we got here because if you take out the vivek a fox character and the whole like druidic order storyline that it takes up 10 seconds of the movie but like underpins a lot of the stuff then you just have a movie that's basically half-baked with like the devil involved which is fine you can do that it, it felt like that part was too much and um we probably also didn't really need the love story element to this either take those two things out of it you can give me like more add another friend if you want have the parents come back to life too and do that like they i think they were a little bit scattered with what they were trying to pull off and they didn't really nail much of it at all yeah 
Well, yeah, the uh, I think they always need women in peril in horror movies. So, like, how do we fit this in? Because it's pretty much going to be all dudes. Uh, it's a it's a it's a buddy movie. So, what what can we do here? So, we'll have this book fall in the middle of the street. Have that be a uh, the, oh, the property of somebody that Anton has a crush on, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But the creepy so, yeah, that's thoughts. yeah, it's um, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of splatter. They attempted some jump scares, didn't work. Um, <laughs> it, it was gross. A lot of gross. There were a lot of like disemboweled, like body parts just sitting around the house. I'm like, that's that's disgusting. That but yeah, not necessary. not particularly scary. No. Do, do we think they should have like leaned harder on try, like making it like more of like a scary movie? Like too with, with sat like being satire have been too far, or should they just have tried to put a few more jokes in? Because I think like the tone shifts once people come back as zombies. Cause I forgot, Oh, there's <laughs> fucking zombies in this movie yeah. too. Like it's, but they're fun zombies. They, they yeah. don't want to eat your brain. They're fun zombies. They want to eat us. Yeah. I think, um, I don't think they should have tried to make it scarier. Cause I mean, uh, no, I think that, um, you know, if you wanted to get rid of the Jessica Alba storyline and still have a girl in peril, you could just make the main character a girl. There's no reason Anton has to be a guy. Or you could make Panub a girl. He, there's nothing about him that makes him into a dude. Fuck, any of these characters could be women. All three of them could be if you wanted to. Um, which you knock out, you know, you kill three birds of one stone with that one. I smell um, a remake coming. Well, yeah. Oh, it could have been funnier. Like, do we think they just should have, they should have punched up the humor? Like, just make it a comedy. Just yes, I think they thought they did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think they thought that they got a lot of humor in there. And it wasn't like unfunny. It just, the physical comedy was a lot better to me than any of the jokes that they told. Yeah. Like yeah. there were some pretty funny physical comedy things that happened. Um, there was a, a part where he just like full on catapults a cat out of a window and doesn't have any control over his body. I'm like, that's, that's a funny visual. <laughs> He'd be like horrified at what he's doing. More of that, I think, would have been better than like the witty banter between these three. Okay. That's fair. So that's just kind of, as I was like getting to the end of this, I was like, oh, there's like, it's, I don't know, I guess we talked about it off air, but there's like a whole, there's so much pot related. Like at some point the possessed, the possessed hand gets high. I was like, Uh how the fuck did the hand get high? (laughs) I don't know, man. It's called the contact high, man. You just come into contact with it, man. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, this is a stoner film on top of all the other shit we've been doing for the past hour and 20 minutes? Like, it, it was you know what? Much, guys. The juxtaposition you know, it, of, like, the, the lazy and, like, low-key of stoner with, like, a horror film is, like, a very weird dichotomy. They, yeah. they kind of got it, because if you're, if you're going to do that, which, I mean, you can do that character, in a, you know, that's basically Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. He was high the whole time. I think if you're going to do it, the character needs to be like super oblivious to what's going on around them and like not realize they're in a horror movie. And there were parts where I kind of feel like they got there with uh, Mick, Seth Green's character, seemed to just be completely unaware of what was happening around him. But like you have to really lean into that where these three dudes somehow save the day and don't even know that they're in a horror movie still. So like that that would have i think helped yeah like make it more accidental of like yeah 
they're like, oh, keep thwarting this possessed hand, but they don't intend to, but they're just like high idiots causing chaos. Yes, you have to make the hand get cut off by accident somehow. Yeah. You know, yeah, because they can't be as as aware as they were of what they were doing. Yeah, because I have thoughts about that too. Okay, so that's that was pretty much all. I was just like, there's so much happening. Um, and then it was mentioned, what the fuck is Vivica A. Fox doing in this movie? I don't fucking know, <laughs> man. Did we need her? Know. Why is she here? The I first time she showed to... up. Yeah. Yeah, my, my note literally said, what is Vivica A. Fox? Like, the first time she showed up, I'm like, what? What is, what is she doing exactly? She's and a I don't druidic, even know at the end. She's a druidic high priestess. Uh-huh. Duh. Okay. Who, whose family for generations has been trying to fight the evil spirit that possesses the nope. hand of random lazy people. Nope. And they have to trace That's... it around the country. And guess what? Look at all these places with all these different similar kind of murders. You put them on the map. And what do they kind of spell out when you draw the different spots on the map? It's a pentagram. If it's you evil. force it. It's the devil. <laughs> no, I just, so... they, uh, every place that she mapped out, she put on that map. Sure. It became a pentagram. I feel so like she knew you could exactly have cut it into whatever shape you wanted to. Like there, sure. I think she was trying to make it into a pentagram. What okay. was what was Vivica A. Fox sold in terms of this role? I, I would love to know. <sighs> was she in a rut? Like what was what was happening in her career? Ninety nine? No, she was you know, like Independence right? Day. I looked wasn't that long before this. No. Like I really nope. don't. I'm guessing her role had to be bigger because that's also a question that I had. Is that they say she's like these druidic priestesses that have to hunt down this hand that possesses lazy people. Okay. It right. sounds insane. Uh, no, I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is what we have to do. But how does the hand jump from person to person? That was another question that was never answered. I would love that to be explained. We don't know. No, I, I thought um, when they were in the jail, I'm like, oh, so there's a evil guy with the evil hand is going to get executed and the spirit's going to fly in the air and go into somebody else and it'll go into somebody else. No explanation. No, no the guy in the Jonas had like a shriveled up empty hand. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I I didn't get that. I didn't get what the point of the hand was. Cause it says, okay, when it gets to midnight in druid time, whatever the fuck that means, it's going to drag someone to hell. So it's just like murdering for fun until then. It's just like part of what it does to like pass the time. Well, the devil that needs souls. Odd. So, yeah, it was just, God, I guess. we could have focused on many different aspects, like figuring out learning more about the hand and the mysticism around it could have been an interesting, scarier movie. We never got it. So those were, yeah, this was, I think, it, you know, there's a lot of, lot of questions. And I think since we're talking about this murderous hand, um, you know, I'm going to skip around a little bit, but I think we could talk, do our spooktacular only special of, special segment of, Um, so I think we've said no one was scared. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Not at all. <laughs> okay. Not even at all. I, but I will say before we jump into like the, the second part of this, the opening scene of this, like where they murder Fred Willard and whatever that poor panicked woman was, um, I think that was effectively scarier than anything that we saw in either The Craft or I Know What You Did Last Summer. Like that wasn't, yep. if, if you take that out by itself, you could have convinced me that was the opening scene of like a legitimate horror movie. Nothing was I, funny about that. Part. I jumped for sure. I wrote that down. Oh, there you go. I said, this is the most frightened I've been so far. Yeah, that, that was like legitimately a little bit spooky with like the writing on the ceiling 
And then, I don't know, I forget the name of that actress. We said it a minute ago. She was very good in that role. She was on the screen for two minutes, but like her being like a panicked suburban mom in some kind of like a nightgown creeping through the house. She was, I, I liked her a lot in this. Yeah, the set design was, I wrote down, <laughs> both horrifically terrible, but incredibly accurate. The wallpaper was oh my horrifying. God, the wallpaper. And I don't know why. Like okay. a, a double bed. No, the, the wallpaper scared me, but nothing anybody did scared me. I guess I can admit that because I look at that. I'm like, why am, why am I scared of that? Why am I scared of that color, Yikes. that pattern? What's going on there? That's unsettling. Know. That's for sure. Um, anyway, it, listeners, in case you were wondering why Vivica A. Fox was in this movie, I did a little Googling. Oh, um, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, so she says, so this um, article says, why did Fox take a part playing second fiddle to newcomers like Devin Sawa and Jessica Alba? And she said, I love that Debbie didn't get killed. Yep. Um, she said back mm. in the day when horror movies were considered B-movies, um, black people always got killed in the first five minutes. So literally that was the only question she asked. And they said no. And she said, okay. You should have asked mm. more questions. Uh, should have <laughs> asked more questions. She should have. The next question should be, can I read the script? And then I'll make a decision. Oh, no. <laughs> write a script? <laughs> Druidic priestess this is this is gonna be great this is gold guys got it okay so hold up i show up as a nun and then i just throw off my habit in the parking lot okay yep. i'm in it's like a sister act thing huh yeah and still not necessary but i get it that's nice it, yeah i guess the black lady doesn't die so great i'm happy she lived yes i'm very happy she was um, a good guy like one was. of the only good guys yeah she got the, the got the main kill at the end of it too like she saved the day that's fair. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, not to just jump right back, but we found not scary, but I feel like we need to discuss all of the murders and that the that the hand does. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a couple that happen off screen, and this could also lead to another question, but I will discuss them first. Is that there's some <laughs> twins that everybody talks about that were murdered who work at Burger Burger Jungle, um, and. Anton's mom and dad die. Uh, unclear what happened to the dad, and the mom just gets pulled under the bed, and then blood just bursts out from under the yes, bed. In the blood. She gets turned into blood. Happens to a couple people in the movie. I feel bad for them. You just see yeah. just blood just, burst out, and then there's no screaming no more. But well, later we saw her dead body, and she yeah, wasn't like exploded. Which, which makes no. This movie makes no <laughs> sense in a, in a lot of ways. That's what, that was my biggest blood, question. Yeah. Yeah, people First explode and then come back fully formed. There you go. And it's not a, so the thing, okay, so this, we'll get to the rest of the murders, folks, but this brought up another question that I had that it was unclear. Um, because Anton, like, mom and dad are dead. He, like, eventually, for some reason, he figures it out immediately, even though he's this stoner doofus who barely watches the news. But once he hears that there's some murderous killer, realizes that's who killed his parents and i'm like how does right. he immediately figure that out and is very chill about it but if we eventually find out he's the one who has the possessed hand did he kill his parents in the 20s yeah. yeah. yep because he had that part of his shirt torn that's, that's right um okay the other question though is why doesn't he remember that like he Th yeah, remembered the other murders he knows that he he wakes up the next morning and is like 
pretty sure I killed Mick and Penub last night. Yep. And then he's like, oh, yep, I see them, and I did kill Mick and Penub last well, night. Well, he like, was highly, he, highly dosed on marijuana the listen, previous nights, but then he didn't have any marijuana the next night. So We're going to talk about reefer, I think, in yeah. a little bit here. Reef, uh, it's it, it's will, reefer madness. Will, it's people being like, yep, he was on the drugs. But also, of course like, he doesn't remember. But also he didn't remember that his parents were dead for like days. Didn't, like, didn't no. He was he wasn't like, care. Oh, where where are mom and dad? Nope. 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 Yeah, I don't I don't understand at all. The, the other part, and I, I think this is one that they tried to kind of explain. Uh so Mick and Penub come back to life. The parents didn't. Was that just because the parents decided they were ready to go to heaven and stay dead? Like is oh, that what the, happened there? The zombie thing. That's, that's fascinating. That's, that's, <laughs> I'll add that to my list of running questions because oh, wow. I did have that. I'll make sure I, we, we come oh, back wow. to that one. Oh, wow. um, yeah, because yeah, Mick and Penub describe heaven like it's the lamest fucking place on yeah. the planet. Like, I don't want to go to that. Because it comes <laughs> up again. So that comes up again. Yeah. So I won't forget the heaven thing. But okay, so he kills his parents. They explode or a hand, whatever. No Something recollection of it. Um, but like, yeah, anytime he murders someone, he seems very chill about it because he also, as you said, um, kills his the hand kills his best friends, Mick and Penub. It breaks a bottle and shoves it in Mick's skull. Nope, can't do that. And you just have a glass bottle protruding from Seth Green's head for the whole rest of the movie. Yep. And then yeah. Noob, Penub, whatever, <laughs> Nook and Penub. Um, he just, the, he looks like he's getting away and then we just get the frisbee saw blade just thrown and it Clear cuts the dude's head off. Just yeah. not, just not, not realistic, possible. guys. Just, just <laughs> not realistic. There's so much tissue. Throw one of those, but I would just lodge in hard. Too much, yeah, it's, so it's much tissue and too. sinew, man. I mean, yeah. you, you're not get it. You have to be the sharpest, most perfect saw blade and the most perfect throw. And yeah. it's just a hand that's possessed. Is it his wrist and arm and the rest of his body? It's just his hand. It would yeah. have to be a hell it's of a just hand. flick. Great like questions. Great yeah, questions. these are great questions. Yeah, so because are... I mean, the hand is making his legs move, which is weird. Because like, he has him running around and shit. Yeah. You know, that seems odd. Um, yeah, so we have that one. Then we haven't really talked about the deepest cops, but we're just going to call them that. He winds yeah. up murdering two cops, shoving a knitting needle through one guy <sighs> from in one ear, out the other. Oh, it's painful. He is at the time trying to keep the hand busy by knitting and the hand is going with it because idle hands are the devil's playthings, people. Uh, um, so that happens. The hand goes along with the knitting. I don't know why. So he can control the hand to knit, but he can't keep the hand from <clears throat> murdering people. Okay. Because, Dana, that's why. Because. <laughs> and then he tasers another one in the face and or in the head and that kills him. It's no, the murder taser, yeah. It's not how tasers work. He, he tasered him, and I guess he just kept it held down, which just, like, kept ramping up the amps into his face. Like, that... It was like by his the skull, end, his face blew up. Your skull is a conductor. Well, like... sure, but... No, I mean, it burned he, out, he, like, he, he lit on fire. It burned his skin out from underneath. You saw, like... Yeah. yeah no, it was... Up top, you know what? I'm like, that's a strong-ass taser. You know, Never I will say like this... I will say this. Um, there's a show that uh, I think Dave, you might have watched this with, with me and Tony back in the day. I watch it now on a regular basis on Hulu because like three runs are great. A show called Face Off was on sci-fi for a long time. Oh, where yeah. It's, like, yeah. It's, it's very similar to um, 
what's that? Uh, the fashion one, um, Project Runway. It's like that, only it's people that are doing like movie special effect makeups. Monster makeup. It's really um, good. The, the makeups in this movie are legit pretty good. Like the, the whatever um, application that they did for that bottle on Seth Green's head, that would be, a, they would like that on Face Off. They'd be like, you know what? You did a good job here with the way the skin is wrapped around it and like the veining you did was pretty good. And then also when they tasered that cop to death, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good makeup work they did on him. Um, don't really think they did a good job on Penub, but yeah, the, the others. Decapitation was, that was interesting. A few more murders. Um, calling him principal phone sex because homeboy <laughs> is calling that was a gross. phone sex line from work. work and fighting about the fact that they, he, they mis-entered his uh, credit card information. And then I think, Dave, you had a theory on how uh, Principal Phone Sex was murdered. Yeah, the hand crawls up his leg, gets to like his dick. The, the principal looks down and he's like, oh, the uh, hand squeezes his dick so hard that it explodes and he dies. Yeah, that's what there, happened. And then it comes back later and there's this blood like flowing upwards because yep. that's what happens when your dick explodes, apparently. <laughs> it blows up right in your face. It's a lot of yep. blood splatter, and you're left to guess what happened. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, listeners, because I don't think we're selling you to ever watch this movie, so we should tell you this. At this point, um, Anton Devin Sawa has chopped the hand off because he oh, realizes right. he needs to get rid of it. He tries mm-hmm. to microwave it, but the zombies, Nick and Noob, release it from a microwave. So now the hand is to, free to make, and wild. Wait, to make, like, microwavable burritos. Right. Yes. zombies need... To eat microwave. Hey, at least they're not eating brains. Like, oh like we God. said before, these are cool zombies. They're not brain-eating zombies. They're cool kid Very zombies. Cool. I mean, frankly, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, they aren't even zombies. They're just they're the they're regular people that they always were. Like they don't have they have no personality changes. <laughs> like they are the exact same as they were before they died. Yeah, and we'll Undead come back corpses. to why they're back because we have like two more murders. Um, Tanya, who I guess is Molly's friend, though we've never seen them together until the dance. Um, they are escaping through some air vent situation. The biggest air duct you've ever seen in your life. But they went from the, it's like, it was at the bottom of the gym, but then they get to the air vent and there's a giant fan that drops them into a hallway. They so went I don't know. up and inclined for a long time. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't understand how the fan worked. Molly's smart enough to jam a shoe in it so she doesn't die falling through the fan. But Tanya freaks out and falls into a noose and then gets just chopped into a million pieces oh, by the hand. How, how do you fall into a fucking <laughs> noose? This was the best kill of the movie, though. This was some straight up and down Final Destination elaborate bullshit. Like, so, the, so first and foremost, Molly is like some kind of a knots expert because she made a perfect, like, climbing knot to get down from this thing tanya fell i i did the hand like grab it and like yank her up and she has bad luck and fall into the noose i think the hand was involved but not clear this is a a lot of things you guys you you, unclear how the hand does anything (laughs) at all She, she, she like slides down the rope but ends up like instead of like falling and like maybe grabbing the noose on the end and then softening the blow down to the ground just ends up like oh no it's around my head 
yeah, the very that end. was that was weird. And then, but then, if that's not bad enough for her to just hang to death, then the fan turns on and she gets turned into blood too. Like she explodes into blood. This is our second uh, burst into blood of the film. Yeah, yes, I yeah. think it's the third because the prin- third principal phone sex. Oh, he burst into blood, bit, but it was yeah. just his dick bursting into his. Yeah, face. it was the fourth. It was the yeah. fourth one. Fourth? The guy that the guy that was uh, in the car listening to uh, back in the New York groove. I while wearing a, a kiss costume as a metal because we needed boobs in the movie i forgot about that part they don't know oh, any metal man. heads apparently because none of that shit goes together but got yeah. his head turned into blood when he got smashed into the uh the, the driver's side window of the car yeah. yeah yeah how the hand and also so last thing on the hand it does rip uh the offspring guy's um, scalp just clean off. Clean off. And the <laughs> skull. Because no we get a brain exposed. <laughs> a, a disembodied hand has the yeah. force and the power to rip someone's skull. He's like, tell this guy he's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is his. Like, that's just like a just devil. Like, Peel it back. He didn't even like yank it. He just kind of peeled it back. We did oh. see the hand sharpening its fingernails in a, uh, <laughs> a pencil sharpener before that. So it had <laughs> razor sharp fingernails. Wow. Apparently, you just peel that cat back. That's true. So the hand is doing all this, but it also at some point, um, even though we're told um, from the, po- I think from the point where um, Dexter, the lead singer from Offspring, gets decapitated to the end of the movie. We have six minutes until uh, Devil Midnight. I don't know what time zone this yeah. is. Their time zone is Druid very different. Druid time zone. <laughs> but at some point, the hand gets in a fight with Devin Sawa in the art room. So it's now like in puppets. <laughs> and there's a yeah. whole puppet thing. And there's My all God. this. And at some point, the hand is fighting with Devin Sawa for like a very long time. And then yeah. five seconds later, we catch Jessica Alba tied to the roof of a car and the yep. hand is trying to press her into the ceiling when did the hand have time to do any of this this hand is magic not yeah. only when Very did the hand have time to do this how how long was jessica alba willingly laying still on top of a car while a hand wrapped yes. one rope around her over and over again she could have just like gotten up and run away she had to lay there for a long time it also drew a pentagram on the ceiling uh-huh. The hand was was active for a long time plotting this particular murder. Yeah, the hand and the fact like, yeah, it's a hand. It's not on a body at this point. No, and the hand. fact that it's able to do all of this, it really kudos to the hand. You know, it It's able to create momentum. It's got power. Where does it that might power be come able to from? fly? It, yeah. when it, when it I explodes think it can, the or at least jump real far and look like it's flying for a distance, yeah. It's like high. those. It's like those sugar gliders, you yes. know, like the sugar gliders. It is very sugar glider adjacent. This thing is, yeah. They and again didn't even try to explain it or anything. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's kind of nuts. Um, but that was the. I felt the I'm so scared part was going to go a while because we had to talk about all of the the kills. Um, but we were yeah. mentioning those kills and the fact that Nick and Noob, um, I believe um, they became undead. Because we're not calling them zombies. Because as you guys said, they said heaven just looked real lame. Because there was <laughs> they didn't want to go to that bad music and they could have gone into the light. 
So they just become undead creatures. As we mentioned, his parents don't decide to come back. And then at the end of the movie, Anton also decides to not go to heaven, but he gets to stay alive? Yes. He just has to wear a full body cast. Um, the, the rules of this universe don't <laughs> exist. <laughs> like, there aren't any. It's yeah. just... None of this makes a lick of sense. They could have had, I suppose, Vivica A. Fox take a second sentence to explain how the coming back to life thing works. But man, I mean... But he wasn't, like, yeah. dead. Like, Mick and Noob were gross, deca- like, decaying bodies. for the whole. Like, they were dead for a while first. Yeah, but, okay, the, the parents, like, <laughs> if they had been literally dead for multiple days, wouldn't you smell that? Well, you know what else? Not mm. only would you smell it, because you're in the house with them, they, when they Wouldn't the are cats revealed... Start well, the cat yeah. would for sure eat the cat was licking I think the cat had an ear or like an eye or something. Yeah, yeah. eyeball. The yeah. ear was in the, um, the the bag of onion rings. It was ear rings. Because it's that Ooh. kind of movie, y'all. That's um, a good comedy there. That's good stuff. Yeah. The parents looked nowhere near as decayed as Mick and Penub when we found them inside the in-home jack-o'-lanterns, <laughs> which is a bold look for any yeah. Halloween to have. And they were yeah, great. That didn't make sense. It was like a play on American Gothic. That yeah, that uh, yeah, portrait. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah the, they were. When I first saw them, I, I love Halloween. I my house is pretty well decorated mm-hmm, at this mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. I was like, in home jack o' lantern on a mannequin. That's too much. You're doing too much at that point with your Halloween decorations. I think they were establishing the mom was too much. So, yeah, yeah, it was, there was a lot. It was weird. Yeah, he was with dead bodies for a while. Um, and then I think we'll go with my last question that I did not ask, present to you guys ahead of time. Um, so, Anton was dead, as we're told towards the end of the movie, because he was squished by a car. Um, decides not to go to heaven. Mm. He charged with all these murders, do we think? Oh God, he better be. Good luck he proving it. He killed a lot of people. Good luck proving yeah. it, man. Well, good he, luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's his, his fingerprints are everywhere. Well, how do you get those fingerprints if he doesn't have the hand to print, though? Yeah, and the uh, the hand, you know, sharpened its fingernails and kind of probably sharpened off the uh, the fingerprints. So I don't think we're gonna find that being in the microwave would have fucked the fingerprints up too. Absolutely, it would have singed the skin deeper than at least three, four layers. So I don't think there weren't any witnesses to his murders. I don't think none. It was all him just being crazy, being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna smoke." Although, wait, he Mm. murdered the twins inside of the burger jungle. I bet they have like closer Mm -hmm. TV cameras. Well, it depends if if it's a. It might be a good neighborhood, so they don't have like surveillance cameras. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's tough to say. All I have to. All I have to say is this was a $25 million movie. I mean, was it really? Yes. So All on makeup, ten, right? I hope. Ten, I was going to say $10 million on makeup, $10 million to the offspring and the other cameos, and then right. five for the rest. I don't know. Yeah, the, the writer got paid, you know, a double cheeseburger and a six-pack. From the jungle burger? From the burger jungle. 
I feel like we should do more. I should have done some more research on this. I just like to watch the movie and tell, like read what IMDb tells me, but I'm sure there's like, there were probably a lot of different screenwriters involved. I hope because the movie had so many different tones to it. Um, yeah. So those, I think those were like my, the, the, the off script questions I had for you guys. So uh, we're going to get into one of our other segments right now. We're going to do uh, what's your problem? Um, there are some things, you know, I know we've talked about a lot of things that are wrong with this movie, <laughs> but there are certain things that are wrong, regardless of genre or type of film that you're making. Um, I think one of them, there's a lot of like homophobic stuff. I, I, I don't know if I captured all the lingo, but, um, early on in the film, I went, Ooh, this dialogue is rough is a note uh-huh. that I, that I have, um, yeah, which is interesting because, and I don't know if these people were out at the time, but the guy who plays Randy is gay. Is he really? He was like the the one that had the most homophobic stuff in the movie. He, he calls is, Mozart and Beethoven the F word for a gay dude. He's the one played by Noseworthy, right? Yeah. 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 Huh. Interesting. Yeah, wow. there's a lot of like, I think it's in that locker room guy talk thing of putting each other down. Everything has to be gay in some way yeah so that was a little i forgot the late 90s you know up until like uh six months ago we didn't really we did a lot of this yeah (laughs) yeah this just stopped being a thing that we did in our pop culture very recently i mean 40 year old virgin wasn't that long ago like this has been a thing that's been with us for uh, it just stopped recently yeah so it's always a little jarring um Oh, I just thought of another question I forgot to ask earlier, but anyway. Um, and then also just the, the treatment of women in general. Um, as we discussed earlier, Jessica Alba is 17 years old in this movie. Um, and there is a point at one, towards the end of the film where her costume gets ripped off and she's just in a bra and panties for a very, very long time, which realizing she was 17 uh, after I watched that scene made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. It was those big, big underpants that we've seen in some of the other movies, but it's still a legitimate underage teenager. In yeah, one cheek was no almost like either. one cheek yeah. was like out there. She had like a wedgie, and I was just yeah. like, I don't. Yeah, a lot of. And there was uh, no reason for it. Just it just kind of like happened by coincidence when she was tied to the top of the car. They obviously just did it to have her take her clothes off. I mean, I think I think she was like thrown in as like oh crap we have a bunch of dudes in this movie we need like somebody we need like a heartthrob because a bunch of dudes are going to come watch this movie and we need like just somebody looking pretty and so i feel like they just kind of like like the trajectory of her character from like a girl next door who they who he's never met to like being his girlfriend like the day later to like going to the prom and being naked with her like I, i don't understand the progression yeah. Character makes Fast. no fucking sense. I think it's we're going to get to that. Timeline. Their, yeah, we'll, we'll talk timeline, about them in, in an yeah. upcoming segment, but her character makes no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just gross that also, like, um, Noob as a reanimated corpse um, was like, I'm finally going to get a girl and, like, makes out with Tanya at the dance. And I'm like, you are a dead, you are a dead thing. Like, <laughs> making, and he's like, I'm finally going to get some. And I'm like, you are dead. Like, you should he not. He must have smelled do. terrible. His breath must have tasted like a legitimate <sighs> asshole. Ew. 
Yeah, I'm they sorry were traditional. No, if they were traditional zombies, yes, but they're cool zombies. We didn't Maybe see him brush his teeth once. He ate that burrito. His breath. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think that this, like this, burrito. this may have happened over like a day. <laughs> it did. The whole movie is like a forty-eight hour period. Yeah, and your, was... breath, I, I guess your breath gets pretty bad after a day and a half. Yes. For burrito breath. Okay, yeah. fine. Everyone was gross back then. That's, that's At one disgusting. point, after he ate a burrito, his oh, throat so just oozed sludge. And you think yeah. it's okay to then be putting that tongue? Ah, it was... He was gray. <laughs> he was a I'm gray human it's, being. It's okay. I'm just trying to justify why it happened and why, <laughs> why, okay. why she didn't justify run away. Again. Why she didn't run away like immediately and said, you yeah. guys smell like you're fucking dead. The women, the women are idiots. And it's okay. just like, and they say, I, I didn't write down all the terrible things that they said, but it was just True. like, again, late nineties, we've come a long way, but it was, it's always jarring to see. I, um, I didn't even understand. Like Randy is like, the, yeah, the biggest perpetrator of the women womenizing. Yeah. Like, who is this Randy? Like, why is he even in this film? I don't even... He, he lives, lives across down the street, the street man. <laughs> and he's a, he's a devil. He listens to rock music, so he's a devil worshiper. So he'll help with the hand situation, the that, devil hand. That pissed me off so much. I don't understand <laughs> that at all. Listen. They paid for They paid for one devil-related metal song, and they played it many times when this fellow shows up. I've listened they, they to... They shot at the devil, and they played it. At least twice or three times. Right? Three or four times. Three or four times when he showed up. So I've listened to a lot of metal in my life. And I, I would not consider myself a metalhead. But I, my, my metal knowledge goes pretty fucking deep here. And the idea that whoever wrote this movie thought that the kid who knows about the devil listens to Motley Crue and Quiet Riot. That kid doesn't know shit about the devil, man. But hasn't listened to like Slayer. Pick some Norwegian black metal bands that literally burn churches down and shit. Like, do the Motley Crue, Quiet Riot. Like, no, no, you can fuck straight off. And his friends dress up as Kiss for Halloween. No metalhead dresses up like Kiss. Like, and they listen to Back in the New York Groove. I, I wanted to. Ugh, I got so I was righteously angry about the depiction of people who listen to metal and know about the devil in this movie. I, that was not cool. So you you had a problem with the way that no, that you know on, on top of everything else that doesn't make sense in this film yeah, that that angered me the most of all because it also like they say they need to talk to him because his hand is possessed and the only the only tidbit Randy brings to it is that idle hands are the devil's plaything <laughs> that's it that's like he doesn't oh let me break out my incantation book like it's, no that is all he does. He's even um, like, I don't know shit about the devil, man. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. I listen to music. <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting. Um, I think those are the, the main things. Like the homophobic stuff, the treatment of women, which also we can get into um, our segment about love at first semester. Um, I just and Han and Molly. Sorry. Like literally, what did they spend their money on? I'm just looking at the trivia right now. And the set... <laughs> it's filmed in the same neighborhood as Halloween. The school gym where the Halloween dance held is the same gym used for the high school gym, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Jawbreaker. Like, what mm. are they, oh. like, what are they actually spending their money on? You still have I to, like, just rent. You just have to rent the spaces. Like, just because it's sure. used in other movies. But like, you probably oh. can negotiate, like, a collective deal. Well, 
well, listen, this was, what do we say, 1999, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever the effects they used to make that hand like move around like that, I bet that cost a lot of money still back then because it wasn't like a CGI hand. Um, it's like an actual an actor's hand, so they had to do something. I I wondered how they did it in uh, the Adams family before that. So like they must have spent almost all of that budget on making the hand move and do stuff. Fair. And the soundtrack. Yeah. The um, but speaking of the hand, um, so in the, in the Rotten Tomatoes recap, they also said that like the hand, um, like hinders Anton's ability to get with Molly. The way I read the movie, no. The opposite though. <laughs> it's true. Right? Hell. Oh God. Without the hand, <laughs> he never rings her doorbell. She gets incredibly turned. He shows up in a bloody shirt. And Molly's like, oh. Yeah, why doesn't he ever... Unbathed why? probably for two days. Can he's he not change? Ripe. No. He never changes. He wears the same never. bloody clothes why? throughout the whole film. He must smell like shit by the end of this movie. Why <laughs> can't he change? I don't know. He never showers because he's this lazy... But Molly is like so into this. Like, Give me I some went, of that. Like, is... Is Molly crazy? Like he shows up bloody, acting a fool, and she's like, "Yeah, come inside. Come up to my bedroom." Yes. Covered in blood. <laughs> I have in my notes. They're like making it. He's being super weird, like grabbing her face because the hands grabbing her. And he's I grabbing her like, throat. Like yeah. her neck. I was yeah. like, "Fuck no, fuck no." Is is Molly like not? It is. I hate to like use this, but like, is she not all there? Like, is there? She's slow wrong? to process. Because it was. I, I, I it made zero sense to me. No, she was looking for a non-beta cuck, and he was, uh, and the hand makes him a alpha non-cuck. Alpha so, cuck. <laughs> alpha non. I feel like, yeah. Uh, like okay, first and foremost, I don't understand. Just like Dana, what this relationship is. We set it up in the beginning that they've never really spoken. And that he's like lusted after her from afar this whole time. He goes and, to bring and is her. And scared to talk to her. Yes. yes. Will not like, speak terrified. to her. She's yelling for him to come talk to her. And he's like walking with he's deaf and can't hear her. So the fact that we go from that to he rings the doorbell. She gets him up into her room for no reason. And then he aggressively grabs her butt. And she's like, yes, more of that, please. I'm like... Okay, well, that doesn't make any sense. Then he ties himself to her bed, you know, to keep his hand from murdering her. And she's like, ooh, I like that. I'm like, what? Who, what is she? Because when we first see her, she's like the motorcycle riding loner who writes like these super heartfelt lyrics and shit. The next time we see her, she's like an over teen who gets turned on by everything she sees. And then by the end, she's just like generic high school girl at that point. Like, I don't understand who she is, what motivates her. She's just an example of the failure of a Bechdel test. Yeah. And like the the songs in her book that she is writing um, look like ransom notes. Because she like cuts out these like letters from (laughs) other like magazines. And that's how she writes her lyrics. So like at first you're like, oh, maybe she's into like, she's a little crazy or she, maybe she could be the, mm. I don't know. 
she like calls the knows. hand to the neighborhood. She's like into weird, and then it's just like yeah. Then she just becomes like a vapid. Oh, you're being weird and kinky. It like she makes zero sense. Like, but it looks like it doesn't make sense when he opens her book and he's like, "Oh my god, these songs are so great. They're so deep." I'm like, no, she is kidnapping and murdering people for money and like leaving <laughs> notes for people's families to like pay money to avoid. Like, well, it was. And listen, I I've written lyrics. Dave has written lyrics. What sure. she was doing was not writing lyrics. No. There were like three or four lines per page. That's not how lyrics work. <laughs> like that's she's writing short form poetry of anything. There's no there's no chorus. There's no like middle eight. There's no lyrics in her lyrics. It's just a bunch of ransom notes to nobody, which she is like outraged that he read, which is a trope that I've never. It's like oh my my lyrics are so personal to me. Like I don't give a shit if you read my lyrics. Like what yeah. are you talking about? This is a combo of a different. She's she's artistic in so many different ways, all at once in this book. Like, let me be creative, not just with my poetry, not music, just poetry, and then we'll do it in the style of ransom note, I guess. Uh-huh. Weird. Would it have been more interesting if, like, she's like a teenage? Druidic sister and like yes. that's why her notes are weird oh, hell yeah yeah and awesome. she's the one who has to help fight the hand oh my god we fixed the movie Wait, and she te- she teams up with vivica a fox yes yes yes, yes. yes. I-, I was waiting for that no when, when she was kind of like when they were stuck near that fan and she was able to figure shit out and like tie knots and shit i'm like oh she's here we go yeah something right <laughs> no no we're just gonna end the movie that's nah, okay yeah. We get me Blumhouse. We will make a, a remake of this movie and, and do it right. Because this, they had stuff to work with here and then just said, fuck it. I if we're not going to do it. My notes, like the opening credits were like creepy. It felt like yeah. there were like seven. Like, I was like, oh, this is like, cause as I said earlier, I yeah. totally forgot what this movie was like. And I thought, <laughs> I, was like, I picked it because I thought it was scary, guys. I thought yeah. I was fitting the spectacular scene. That's. As soon, once I saw the intro and I saw the red paint and everything like covered in, did you guys ever see the uh, remake of Girl, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo that Fincher did? Yes. Did you guys see that one? Yeah. Did you ever see the intro with a gun from the land of the ice and snow uh-huh. and there's like black paint everywhere and everyone doing all that kind of artistic stuff? And I, I was looking yeah. at that I'm like, I know it's not the same thing, but <laughs> I thought that they were trying to be kind of fancy with it in the intro and then it just becomes this slapstick horror comedy is like we're going to be artistic with it and they kind of went in a completely different direction if we immediately if we redid this it would have to be like the hangover level of just like ridiculousness okay yes you have to go one way or the other but there has to be some level of connection with the like there's at least some reason for everything i mean we can still have him have a possessed hand that gets cut off that's, yeah. You know, oh yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, you know. there's like some, there has to be some like a little bit of reason for things. Yeah, we have to explain why he doesn't remember killing four people in one night. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because um, I don't know. I think, I think anything we missed, guys. Anything? Well, you know, we we talked about um, when you pick this movie that the soundtrack was pretty legit. Uh, and uh, okay. you know we haven't done this segment in a while 
I don't know that we have to for this movie, but I'm gonna call an audible here and just go ahead and say, let's jump into a mic check. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two. Microphone check, one, two. All right. Um, yeah, this movie, it didn't have a cheat code, you know, so they didn't know that all these were gonna be songs that kind of stood the test of time. Um, the first one that I want to call out here is uh, a song that I am not kidding when I say I made my son's lullaby when he was a baby. I sang this to him every time I changed his diaper for, I don't know, six months, eight months or whatever. Uh, Santeria by Sublime. Gotcha. Um, he loves it. It's a good one. Uh, you can make it last forever was the whole thing. Like I didn't want a song that was going to have to end up for a couple of minutes. You can just do those verses over and over again because they all connect anyway. Yeah. Um, they play it a couple of times in the movie. It's just kind of a generic stand-in for, like, these kids love weed. And if that's what you're doing with the Sublime song, you really should have just picked Smoke Two Joints. Like, sure, Santeria, any Sublime song was mostly, you know, weed-related. Smoke Two Joints would have been a perfect fit for this movie and this character. Right. Um, yeah, a couple others. Um, Dragula by Rob Zombie, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, like a rancid. Uh, if you guys know the band Rancid, deep cut rancid. from their band from their album Life Won't Wait, which is one of their, I want to say, artsier albums. They, they take a yeah. few more chances, not just straight punk rock on that one. It's called Blood Clot. It's good. It's it's earlier on in the movie. If you ever get a chance to listen to it, it's a fantastic song. Um, really oh, two live crew just before uh, what's the names getting murdered? They're dancing in the, or is that after they're murdered? It's, it's when they walk in after seeing his parents dead and oh, yeah. he's like do you guys oh, see this I'm like fuck yeah they played this yeah. video on tv i fucking again. love that song yeah like, that, okay real quick um first a thought <laughs> on that a thought on that song and that uh, that video um this was like so dumb and still fun to me for some reason i think this is one of the moments where i'm like i think i might kind of enjoy this movie a little bit like this is such a random song choice. It's not Two Lives Crew, like, it's not their biggest hit. They, they didn't go with Me So Horny. They went with, you know, Pop That Coochie. And I do recall very clearly the controversy over that video. So it was fun to have, like, a callback to, oh, they can play this on TV again. Um, but this was also the moment where I'm like, we needed more of this kind of obliviousness if this is the kind of movie that we're making. In that same scene, I, I got some quotes here. Let's see if I can track them down quick because we're not we're not going to do potent quotables here. But in that particular scene, there's a number of things that are said kind of back to back. That it's like, okay, they made these characters like cartoon level dumb. Um, <laughs> let me see where they are here. Okay, so this is these are said back to back. All right, all of these in a row. They see. A-N-T written in blood on the floor, which I'm assuming was like his mom trying to spell out Anton in blood. They don't explain mm. it. Um, so I, don't, I can't remember which character says each of these, but it's one of Mick or Penub. They were killed by ants. Do you have a killer ant? The killer was wearing your shirt when they see that the shirt was like torn the same way. Call 911. What's the number? Like make them this dumb the whole movie if that's what you're going to do here. And then, of course, this is right after they walk in and they see Pop That Coochie. And like, oh, and like, ignore the yeah, dead yeah, bodies on the yeah, floor. Yeah, let's look at dance. Pop That Coochie. Let's dance stupid. God. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they did have two other lines that I liked. Ooh. They said, somebody said, 
don't you watch the news? And then Devin Sawa says, I hate that show. And I was like, yeah. I know. Uh. <laughs> Welcome to 2020. Mm. Um, it gets worse every day. And then um, at the end of the movie, they said, marijuana saves another disastrous day. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the movie, it, we didn't need to get into all the quotes because there weren't a ton that were great. But like, there, that's what I'm saying. This had some fun moments in it that were just buried in bullshit. And it's like, you could have had something. You guys could have had, you didn't have anything. You could have had something. Um, Dave mentioned the, uh, the Dragula video a second ago. Um, if I'm freaking out because my hand is running around killing people, the last thing I'm going to do is go home and put on a Rob Zombie video. Yeah. Like even Dragula, which is like one of the more fun Rob Zombie videos. He didn't put on like, you know, Living Dead Girl or something like that. But right. don't put on a Rob Zombie video if you're freaking out, man. Don't smoke weed and watch a Rob Zombie video. It's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Don't regret it. It seemed like the TV was stuck on like <laughs> 50s, 60s era television, like Twilight Zone shit. Like, yeah, he had that it, fight It was designed to be hand. creepy. Yeah, well, he, but, he was trying to watch cartoons and the hand was putting on... Let's like, find the creepiest shit we can find, yeah. Yeah, what, what did, uh, what did uh, Gabe call it in the office? Like, uh, Cinema of the Unsettling or whatever? Like, it's just, <laughs> it, was, it was playing the shit that's on the tape from the ring, basically. It's like when you go Don't to Kuma's Corner and they have... Oh, uh, God. If, if you go to Kuma's Corner and they put, like, weird horror movies and then they play death metal music over it, you're like, yep, I'm unsettled. Let's have yeah. a... It's a little bit more sleepy Sunday. I'm mm-hmm. creeped out yeah. by what you're doing in this fucking oh, yeah. restaurant. If you guys are in Chicago, go to Kuma's Corner. Get a great burger. Do they it. Have, uh, they got Jack Daniels on tap. So I have a great time in there that day. Yeah. Dana made a face. I'm like, Jack Daniels <laughs> on tap. Yikes. Right. Um, all right. I think, I think we've covered um, everything. I think so. I, note. Oh, Megan. I, I, do, have a, I do have a note. I've been Googling. Um, okay. So little did I know, or little did any of us know, that um, a collector's Blu-ray edition from Scream Factory <laughs> from Scream Factory was set for release um, this past May. I'm not sure, 2020. Oh. Yes, I'm not sure if it actually was released, but um, it had a, not only did it have the movie, it had a variety of different features, including. Um, Donor Headspace, an interview with actor Eldon Henson. Ah. <laughs> okay. A Pernod interview. Sleight of Hand, an interview with actor Christopher Hart, who played the hand. Wow. Um, written in Blood, an interview with the writer Terry Hughes Burton, which I actually, if I had a Blu-ray player, I would buy it just so I could hear what Terry had to say about writing. Terry, explain yourself, please. Yes. I have multiple Blu-ray players. Maybe I'll <laughs> take one for the team and buy this. My lord. Collector's edition. Um, quite, a, quite a few more special features also in there, but um, apparently the director was also the third choice. Director. Well, it shows. You mean, you mean Rodman Flender was the third <laughs> choice? Uh, Rodman like, Flender. No, his, his big interesting... Uh, fun fact is uh, his nephew is Timothy Chalamet. If you think that's uh, wow, that's kind of fun, right? Wow, cool. You know, old hey. Rodman, Uncle Rodman's calling up Timothy all the time. Like, hey man, you got uh, he something was, for me? Can I direct something for you? He was one of those Harvard guys. He wrote for the Lampoon. He's like, oh, like a Conan, okay. he's a Conan O'Brien 
yeah type of yeah. comedy writer dude and then I he ended up if, making a couple movies i wonder if he tried to make this like inject the humor anyway we can get off on a whole other Oof. thing wow Rod- ultimately rodman rodman flender everyone rodman rodman flender. Flender. We'll, we'll go on that out on that note mr flender uh Never, ma'am <laughs> Sorry we ripped your movie to shreds, but oh, it was fun. It was fun to do. Yeah, I thought we were <laughs> very fun kind. Time talking about I thought it. we were very kind. Yeah. Yeah, we, were, we were more generous than we had to be. One of the things that we like to do on this pod is uh, take a look at a character who might not have had a big role and see if this was kind of the start of big things for them or the peak of their whole career. So it is time for an IMDb deep dive. Dana, who are we diving on this week? Um, so I'm a little torn. I originally picked one person and then was trying to decide, do I go with this other person? Um, I'm going to stick with my first one. I'm going with Sean Whalen, a.k.a. Lion McPoyle. It's like the mm-hmm. moment I saw Doofus Cop number two, we'll call him. Oh, yeah. Um, I was like, it's a McPoyle! So uh, mm. for those who don't know what a McPoyle is, please stop listening to this podcast and just go watch it. So it's funny Philadelphia because you're missing out. Um, but yeah, it's a character from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, this creepy family. Uh, I don't know if he wants to be known as a, a McPoyle, but that was the first thing I thought of. He has um, faces. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was like one of the like main McPoyles, but I was wrong. Um, but Sean Whalen's kind of He's a face you would know, like, from anything and everything. Um, he's in, like, Ferris Bueller, uh, Batman Returns. He's in Waterworld, um, Cable Guy. I caught that he's in Never Been Kissed, um, which I really hope we cover on this pod at some point. We'll get to it. Um, he's been on episodes of Friends. Like, he's just a great that guy. So I don't know if this was a start of anything. I think it's just a continuation of... Continuation of a that guy, yeah. 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 He was, uh, he was the heckler in that thing you do when they did when they played their first show at oh, Villa Pianos. Yes. You know... Yeah, um, we want to dance. We're going to play songs so we can dance with girls. What are you guys doing? Like, uh, he's fantastic. I would he also played, say... Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, he was the in the um, Got Milk commercial, uh, the Aaron Burr one, the guy that called the radio station. Oh, we had the oh, peanut butter sandwich. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Which would not be a trivia question now, thanks to Hamilton. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was he was that guy. That yeah, that was the first thing I ever saw him in. I think so. He's been he's been around for a long time, and he has one of those faces. Yeah, he's in Twister. He's just been around for a while, but he's definitely played a cops in some show. Oh, I thought it things. was I thought it was Super Troopers, but I could be wrong. No, 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 no. He's in this movie Python, is what I keep seeing come up mm. as a cop in the movie with William Zapka. Sorry, I just started watching Cobra Kai. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zapka. Uh, Python. We gotta figure out a way to shoehorn it into the uh, wow. pod so we can watch it. But yeah, he's just one of those people you would definitely recognize. But he will always be a McPoyle lion, like the animal lion oh McPoyle. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, guys, uh, that does bring us to the end of our podcast. And just like the end of the school year, that means it's time to hand out some superlatives. <laughs> It was tough again this week. We had three survivors. Uh, last week we had two. So it's a little bit tough, but I think I, I was able to come around with something here. So Randy is most likely to stay up for several days in a row playing Guitar Hero. 
Molly is most likely to write a song about Anton's hand, but never actually play it for anybody. And Anton is most likely to still be an ambitionless stoner next Halloween and wind up with a possessed left hand. So I smell a sequel coming. He's gonna have no hands. Shit. He's gonna have no hands, man. No hands, then the feet. It's a foot. Because I'm just saying, it's the opposite foot. Idle it's, foot. It's his there left foot. His left foot. foot. My left foot. Te- technically, <laughs> technically, shouldn't Mitch and Noob have gotten? Um, well, no, because they're dead. They're angels now. They're undead. No, but, they, no, but at angels. the end of the movie, they're an angel. They're, they're, they're his right. guardian they're angels. angels at the end. Yeah. So yeah, I could have done them, and but it's like no, we they're they're some kind of seraphim or I cherubim. Mean, they they may not have rules, but we have rules. Yeah. Yes, yes. We had the only one that I've like changed that about was when it was Friday Night Lights because we're all real people. I'm like, ignore the fact these are real people. <laughs> we're gonna pretend they're not. But yeah, that was uh, yeah, not I mean, Molly was hard because they didn't give us anything about her character. So I'm just like, she she writes songs, I guess, like cutting out people magazines and shit. Um, now. The final movie in our spooktacular is up to Dave. Dave, what movie are we going to watch next week? Ooh. We're going all the way back to 1996. Ooh. We're going to give this one a shot. Um, Wes Craven's Scream. Um, it's not it's scary. <laughs> kind of funny. It's sort of a parody of horror it's a lot movies. Of things. It's fun. It'll be fun. Last we did this as a lost decade. episode before Dana joined us. And, uh, We're going to have more fun with it this time, I think. Yeah. Just, just I'm going to write down a bunch of questions. We'll just talk about it. <laughs> I think it's, a, it's the right way to go. Like, I think I, I set think the bar so. very low this week by picking Idle Hands. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably, I could have picked other, I had a, a worse one, but I think I set the bar really low. So. Well, and really, we're, we're ending the spooktacular on like the defining teen horror movie of our generation i feel like so yeah. you know this this one i think it's it's fitting um but guys good job, good job yeah dave. bravo dave uh that does it for this week's episode if you like what you heard uh be sure to tell a friend subscribe on spotify itunes google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts um be sure to give us a five-star rating leave us a review and then follow us on twitter and instagram at recap and gown pod that is r-e-c-a-p-n-g-o-w-n-p-o-d and if you didn't like what you heard, in the words of the cop from that Ehrenberg Got Milk commercial, you're morgue meat. Take it easy, millennials. We'll see you next week.